Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's award-winning journal, AACN Advanced Critical Care, with information available at aacn.org forward slash ACC journal. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barden. This is Connie Barden, and I'm really excited to get to talk to my friend and colleague, Dr. Linda Cassidy, today. Linda is the manager of the strategic advocacy team here at AACN and has been, I think, on staff about as long as I have. So, Linda, welcome. Thanks for carving out time to chat today. Well, thanks, Connie. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, before we really dive into this stuff that we're calling HWE, Healthy Work Environment, um, why don't you tell uh, the folks listening a little bit about yourself, sort of the cliff notes of yourself in terms of your journey as a nurse and how you wound up doing what you're doing today? Sure. And it's good that you said cliff notes because I've been a nurse for a while. So if I gave the long version, it would probably take the whole podcast. So yeah, um, my career has been pretty interesting in that um, I've worked in the hospital setting my entire working career, even prior to being a nurse. And then ending ended up because of some really a, health, a healthy work environment and nurses who encouraged me to go into nursing. And throughout that time, I think I've always had a keen um, interest in, in what goes on in the work environment. And I stayed in the acute care environment all, all the way until I came to ACN in 2014. I've had a, a wide array of roles. I've been direct care for the majority of my career. And then assistant nurse manager, nurse manager, charge nurse, director, researcher, and then um, decided to come on to staff at AACN. Well, that's a that's a great uh, short summary of a very long and impressive career. So um, yeah, we may we may pull apart some other pieces of that as as we talk, but um Thanks for that. And the one thing that you didn't mention and I didn't mention when I said your role as the manager of the strategic advocacy team is that you're also what I consider our healthy work environments scholar here at AAC and really the person who's researched this topic probably more than anyone else on our staff. And so it's just perfect that um, we've got you here today to pick your brain about it. But I want to pick your brain about a specific angle of it, which is this last bit of survey results that just came out that were published in October of this year where you and I are talking in 2022. And just in October of this year, we published in Critical Care Nurse the results of the fifth survey on work environment across acute and critical care, and it showed some mega changes. So why don't we start with that? Tell us sort of the summary of that and what we found that looked different this time. Yes, Connie. And, and one thing I, I want to mention before we dive into that is that Beth Ulrich, who has served as our principal investigator in all of our research since 2006, she has really stressed the importance of the context of the time in which a survey is administered. And for sure, um, we saw that in this situation. In fact, uh, ACN has been doing these surveys for a very long time, 
And we typically do them every two to five years. And we consciously decided to move the survey up to um, the intra-pandemic. We were hoping it would be post-pandemic, but it ended up still to be intra-pandemic just to see what the impact was on the work environment. So the, the last survey that we had to compare to these results was 2018. And at that time, we had seen an upswing in the, in the results of the health of the work environment. And we were encouraged by what was happening. And then as everyone who's listening might guess, we did see a significant decline in all areas surrounding the health of the work environment. And in our surveys, we specifically focus on several areas, and that is the six healthy work environment standards, which if there are folks on the call that may not be familiar with those, they are skilled communication, true collaboration, effective decision-making, appropriate staffing, meaningful recognition, and authentic leadership. So we ask questions specific to the critical pieces of those categories. And then we also ask some questions about satisfaction and moral distress and things like that. So new to this survey, which we conducted in fall of, of 2021, is that we significantly reduced the length of the survey because we were very much aware of nurses' loads at the time and, and the amount of survey burden that was happening. And it was amazing because over 10,000 nurses answered our call wow. to participate in this survey. Of those, approximately 9,300 met the inclusion criteria. And what that was, was simply that they needed to be actively working as a registered nurse at the time of the survey. And the majority of them were direct care nurses. So that was great too. What we also did was we asked a question to see how many of the nurses who were responding had actually taken care of COVID-19 patients. So of course, this was a new question that we were asking. And what we found is that we had a 50-50 split that half said they'd taken care of um, a COVID patient more than 50% of the time since the beginning of the pandemic. And half said um, they had taken care of patients less than that amount of time. And what we found was that um, in all areas of the work environment, sadly, um, we've seen a decline in health of the work environment, quality of care, and other areas. You know, I really appreciate you uh, starting with the thing I often say is context is king. <laughs> any data, any conversation, anything that we have taken out of context can always be uh, misleading. So I appreciate you setting that context and also regrounding us in why AACN chose to do this particular one um, a, a year or two earlier than expected. Also appreciate the shout out to our colleague, Dr. Beth Ulrich, who, as you mentioned, has just been an amazing principal investigator for all of these studies um, and very valuable resource to us, you and me and our team who works on this stuff. So thank you for that. Um, no surprise, really, that the results are down. 
It was done in the midst of a pandemic uh, that no one ever imagined could take place. One of the things that I think also the results showed is that it matters if places are working on the work environment. Um, what are you, what's your interpretation of what we found about that? Units that are um, sort of officially working on the work environment versus those that are not. Yes, um, it's, it's so interesting, Connie. First off, what we found were three major areas of decline, really significant decline since 2018. And that was in appropriate staffing, of course, was our major decline, and then effective decision-making and also meaningful recognition. And currently, what we were looking at is, what if we were to look at the units that had started implementing the HWE standards, at least one of them that was just getting going on this stuff? And what we found is a significant improvement in the areas of the ones I just mentioned, staffing, recognition, and decision-making. But there was also a new development in the, the 2021 survey, which is really concerning. And that is a question that we've asked since the beginning of time, so to speak. And that is a nurse's satisfaction, A, with their job, and then secondly, with nursing as a profession. And typically what we'd find is that nurses were sometimes not so satisfied with their job, but they were very satisfied with being a nurse. And we found with this survey that both of those areas had declined and satisfaction with the profession had, had dropped from somewhere around 93% of people who said they were satisfied with, with being a nurse down to like 60%. So that was a significant decline. We also saw a decline in whether an, a nurse would recommend somebody else to go into the profession. So the whole recruitment piece of it declined as well. When we took the data and split it into implementation versus those who had not, there was much higher numbers of satisfaction with nurses who worked in units who have implemented um, the standards for sure. And then when it comes to appropriate staffing and intent to leave, it was really concerning that a large amount of nurses um, overall, 67% stated that they intend to, to leave their current positions within the next one to three years. Wow. So when you think about it, this survey was conducted in the fall of 2021. So that's now that nurses are leaving. But when we, when we divided that up into nurses that um, worked in units who are implementing the um, HWE standards, the number of nurses who plan to stay beyond three years rose significantly. So that was an impressive finding. We also found that nurses who um, said that they had the appropriate 
nurses that met the appropriate nurses with the right knowledge, skills, and abilities in their units was almost three times higher in units that worked um, on BHWE standards. So let me see if I'm getting this right. So basically, units that are addressing the health of the work environment sounds like scored better across the board from their people's perception of staffing to whether or not people want to stay or go um, to all things, right? Yeah. Everything There's that was well measured. Being. I yeah. mean, you know, there's been a lot of conversations, appropriately so, about nurse well-being and well-being of the healthcare team in general. Mm -hmm. And we also found that, you know, nurses experience much less moral distress in units working on healthy, uh, working on the healthy work environment standards. And also their overall description of their emotional health is much better. I think that's fascinating. I think it is fascinating. You and I could probably, you know, opine all afternoon about why that's probably so, but <laughs> probably more important to the people who are listening is like, holy cow, this is really impressive data that says that even in the middle of an unprecedented global pandemic, if you're tending to the work environment, not that you got it fixed, but if you're just looking at it, Things are going to score better on our unit. People are going to more likely to want to stay there, and it really does matter. So let me segue then to what I want to ask you next, which is if someone's listening and they want advice on, well, how the heck do I start on this? How do I start implementing this? What advice would you give on how to get going? Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest challenges that people mention. And my biggest advice is, don't make it too big. First off, I always recommend with starting with the what and the why, you know, talking with your colleagues and leaders within your organization to let them know why this is important. The thing that's so exciting for me right now is that we have mountains of evidence that's showing that healthy work environments makes a huge difference in patient outcomes, nurse and healthcare team outcomes, and viability of the hospital itself. So that's a, that's a heck of a place to start right there is, you know, what is the good of this work? And then I, I always say, start with the people that want to get on the bus, so to speak, <laughs> have the conversation, and, and, and again, talking about the why and the what. From there, Approach it like you would when you're taking care of a patient. What's the first thing that you do? You do an assessment. And there's so many different ways to be able to, to do an assessment um, of your unit. And ACN offers a free assessment tool, an 18-question assessment tool that's really simple to, to use. And will also crunch all the data and give you a place to start. Well, that sounds pretty logical. <laughs> assess where you are. And I got it right that this is a no uh, assessment tool people can access at no charge. That's correct. And, and you don't even have to be a member to assess it. It's open access yeah. to anyone. Yeah. And then we also have here at ACN lots of resources available. People have been so generous 
with um, doing blogs for us. And, you know, we have uh, projects that people have done and things like that. If people want more concrete um, examples on how to move this work forward. But the reality of it is that, you know, just starting to talk about one of these things and it makes the others move forward as well. And people often ask me, well, what happens if I take the assessment tool and the results are horrible? Where do we go from there? And I like to say that, you know, don't focus on the numbers, focus on kind of the numbers as a guide of where you might want to begin, but focus on the standards themselves and what is in the questions and what have a conversation. Well, what does effective decision making look like in our unit, you know, and things like that. And that can help you on your way is just start with the dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nursing units, organizations, it's a bunch of human beings getting together and trying to do good work. And there's always better to get, is what I would say. So um, to me, I think you're right. I think it makes sense. If we're going to tackle this, just like we've all done um, safety culture surveys and those kinds of things, you know, there are going to be some ups and downs, some good and bad and what we find. That's why we're looking at it. And so um, there's a thing that says the best disinfectant is sunlight. You know, let's let's talk about it. Let's let the light in so we can start working. So, Linda, we're talking about uh, several resources available on our website, um, all of which are free related to doing this work. Where is it that people could go if they want to access these kind of resources on our website? Yes, Connie, I'm glad you, you mentioned this because if you go to the www.aacn.org and just click on nursing excellence, you'll see healthy work environments come up. Click on that. And there, there's the whole downloadable, what we affectionately call the blue book that holds all the information on the HWE standards, as well as the critical elements to implement them. We have an infographic on there that helps with the why discussion and some of the evidence of why this is important. And then we have resources broken down by standards. So if you click on each standard, there's articles and links to blogs and things like that. And then the, the Healthy Work Environment Assessment Tool information is there as well. So there is just a whole bunch of resources that are available there for anyone to use. Just go to that website and start poking around. Everything is there. And did you say that what we call the blue book, which is a standards book as a PDF can be downloaded for no charge. Is that right? That's correct. Let me ask you, if somebody's getting pretty enthused about this uh, free resource called the HW assessment tool, um, what are some best thoughts that you have on how to do that? Should it be the formal leader of the unit? Can anybody do it? Uh, what are your, what's your guidance around that? First off, it does not necessarily have to be the formal leader. In fact, we have many direct care nurses, staff nurses that get this ball rolling, um, that they're the precipitant to the work. I do, however, recommend that you have the dialogue within the unit and that the, the unit leadership and even the organization leadership um, understands 
what's going on and that an assessment is going to take place. But in all honesty, I've seen some of the best work done by the informal leaders in the unit. And then, you know, people choose, everybody's different. Some, some people will do individual unit assessments, um, may only do one within the hospital. Others will do it per service line. Others will do it interprofessionally or interdisciplinary where the whole team takes the survey. Um, a lot of ORs might do that or things like that. So there's no one size fits all. It's, it's finding what maybe is the best approach uh, for you and your unit. Oh, great. I never thought of that. So it's not just, nest doesn't necessarily have to be nurses, could be physicians, could be respiratory, CNAs, whatever you've got in a unit to give, be all inclusive of the team. That's correct. And we've had, we've had hospitals that will do it unit by unit and also as a hospital aggregate to see how the hospital is as a whole. Because some of our questions, they, they focus on, um, it, it does not focus on individuals, you know, because remember I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, context is king. And so it, it focuses more on the environment and those within the environment. So you know, people choose to do that in different ways. They might want to look at the whole hospital environment holistically, or others do it unit by unit. Some do it as a system. Yeah, I know. I've I've always kind of been a fan of the unit by unit approach. And the only reason I say that is because everybody listening knows that the culture in a trauma unit is very different from the culture in a medical ICU, is very different from the ER, is very different from a PEGE unit, and so forth. But I can see just a mindful approach to how we're going to do this and getting everybody aligned is probably more important than anything else. Having the conversations and deciding how we're going to tackle this. And you're yeah. right, Connie, most people do it unit by unit. That's the most common way that we've seen it used. Gotcha. So a place does this assessment and then here comes a big day, they get the results back. What do you recommend as sort of best practices around that? Who should look at this data and and do the next steps, make a plan of what the heck we're going to do about some of this data that we've got. I advise being very transparent with the results. And remember, ACN will, will churn all this information for you. So you have a lot of places that, that you can discuss. For example, individual question results, each standard results, and then aggregate scores. So I recommend that everybody takes a look of, at it within the unit. And what many units do is they use it as a topic of discussion, like at the department meetings or something like that. And that's where they'll really say, okay, so where is the place that's most important to us that we wanna get going on? But what if the results are sort of like overwhelming, like, oh, holy moly, we got so many things to deal with here. What do we do? What do you recommend in a situation like that? Yeah, I, I, I have to channel our friend Beth Ulrich, who says, just pick one, you know, because these these standards are so interrelated that you pick one and, and some of the others just come right along with it. So try not to let the overwhelm set in and just see where is the place that makes the most sense for us to start with in our unit. I love that. Just pick one. Just pick one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Um, I know you've talked to like probably thousands of people who've worked on this stuff. What have you seen as sort of warning flags or pitfalls or things you would advice you would give lessons learned you would give about, well, maybe here's what you don't want to do if you're going to start working on this kind of thing. Just maybe don't do that, but do this. Any advice around that? Yes. The uh, the biggest thing I think we just mentioned is you don't take on the, the whole the whole kit and caboodle at once because that is very overwhelming. The other piece is that it's important to get buy-in from your colleagues. And we've also had situations where uh, folks have wanted in their enthusiasm to get going with the assessment and they haven't clearly communicated with maybe the other shifts or with the manager or something like that. So I think it's really important to set the stage before you jump into it. And it's important then to take the baseline assessment because that's where you can start to see some progress when you take subsequent um, assessments to see, are we making any headway? Because what often happens is that people jump right into it and then it seems like kind of the new thing of the month and then it drifts off because, you know, it's, it's a journey. There's no destination. This is something that places have to be committed to, to work on, you know, for the long term, really. Yeah, absolutely. As as I said before, we're all a lot of human beings coming together, trying to do good work and stuff happens. Um, Let me ask you this, you know, a lot of times we've heard, oh, those things are just soft skills, how you communicate, how we collaborate, who wants to get recognized, all that kind of stuff. What's your response to that when people go, these are soft measures here? What really makes you think this stuff is so important? Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, because, you know, when the standards first came out, um, which kind of, you know, because you were the executive editor of the standards back in 2015, I mean, 2005, there, there was not a lot of strong evidence. A lot of this was common sense, right? So people did maybe think that, oh, it's kind of soft skills and everybody kind of playing nice together and things like that. But we know for sure that that is not the case and that these standards are based in evidence and they make a difference. So my feeling is that if you're not working on improving the health of the work environment, you're not doing evidence-based practice. It would be like not working on CAUTI or CLAPSI, in my opinion. Okay, that's pretty powerful. (laughs) Let me say that again. So if you're not working on the work environment, you're not fully practicing evidence-based nursing, Mm -hmm. is what you're saying. That is correct. Wow. Well, you know, I want to be sensitive to time because I happen to know for a fact you and I could talk about this topic for like ever in a day. But um, before I do a little wrap up or try and do a little wrap up of all these great tidbits, let me ask you. So you're living this uh, every day in your work here at AACN. We've got this information and nationwide the results aren't aren't that encouraging, frankly. And, and or when we you and I talk to nurses every day about what it's like out there, despite all of that. Let me ask you, Linda Cassidy, what gives you hope when you look forward in terms of nursing and healthcare? There's a lot of things that that give me hope. 
Um, I think one of the silver linings, if there are any, <laughs> in this pandemic is that it has spotlighted some of the inherent issues that have been present in our healthcare system for a long time. And for those nurses who have been around for a while, you know, I mean, you, you know, I knew that's how I get into this work on when I'm in a healthy work environment and when I'm not. So I think now the spotlight on this is going to really move things forward. I think there's, there's also a lot of great work being done by a lot of professional organizations that are also helping to raise um, further awareness and, and attention. And I know there was an earlier podcast that Sarah Delgado did that talks about some of the um, challenges in staffing, which we all know, and some of the work that AACN is doing with some external partners. So I think that the, this, the focus and the spotlight and now the evidence is really gonna start to move this forward. And that you know, the more we can learn and the more we can promote this as evidence-based practice, I, I really think the work environments are gonna really change in the future. Boy, do I hope you're right. And that makes me hopeful too. Tell me how I do. You know, um, what I'm hearing you say, Linda, because we're specifically focusing on this last survey of the work environment that was conducted in October of 2021, that yes, there were major declines, all categories across the board. The survey was done in the midst of a pandemic, even though we hoped it would be after a pandemic. It wasn't. Um, we heard that it matters if you're working on implementing the standards, that is addressing parts of the work environment, communication, collaboration, all of those kinds of things. And your sage advice is this is more than just common sense, that if you're not addressing this, you're not fully doing evidence-based nursing practice, because it's not just common sense. We have the data that says all of these things matter. And you would say to people, don't get overwhelmed. Just pick one. Get buy-in from your colleagues, all shifts and leaders, and talk about the what and the why, what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. Uh, be transparent, do an assessment, make a plan, and then measure periodically as you go, like we do anything else in the nursing world. Is that just about how simple the recipe can be? Yes, and, and an additional one is to use resources that are available. You know, we have resources on our site. We have um, Healthy Work Environment mailbox. If you have questions, please send them our way. So, but I think you'll find is just getting going and having the dialogue. You're going to find many people who are like-minded and, and really want to help this situation improve. Fabulous. Well, Dr. Linda Cassidy, thank you so much for um, spending time with us and giving us your common sense, practical down to earth uh, distillation of everything that was found during this last survey. And um, hopefully people will, uh, find this useful and get going because it really matters to the success of not just a unit, but to outcomes for nurses and outcomes for patients and ultimately the well-being of the whole organization. So thank you, Linda, for joining us today. Thank you, Connie. I appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN's award-winning journal, AACN Advanced Critical Care, with information available at aacn.org forward slash ACC journal. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.